Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a brand new episode of Snaps, your favorite college daily college football podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Timo. It's April 4th, which feels crazy. It's April 4th. Look at this. Algorithms popping today, boys. A lot of people already here in the show. Things we mm. absolutely mm. love to see. And that's because y'all are listening every day. You're hitting the like button. Many of you are going to review in the show for us. I was trying to find Spotify reviews just now. We'll, we'll, we'll look at all that later. Uh, bottom line, we love y'all. What up? Look at this. We got our guy Byron Garrett watching from Rome, Georgia. What's happening? We got Oscar L. Lozano Benitez watching live from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Carlton Butler from Freeport, Bahamas. Let's go, dude. Uh, and shout out to uh, every Brubacan, Thomas Dare, the air day. Everybody in here, um, Greg Hendrickson, you know who you are. We love you all, A Barge, all of our regulars. Um, good day today. Okay, we actually got a lot of college football talk to get to. Um, Aaron is on cloud nine as it's Masters Week. So shout Ooh. out to all the middle aged dads out there who uh, just cannot wait whoa, whoa, to whoa, park it on. Whoa. Yeah, what's going on? What? Middle age, you call me middle aged, Let's not throw me into the category of middle aged just yet. Okay, let's like um, just because you're 34 doesn't mean you got to clump this 32 year old into that next stages of life. I'm not. I'm not yeah. middle aged. No. Uh, wait, okay. 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 New, new, Hold new, on. New, new. Hold on. When does um, middle age start? When, when? When in your mind is middle age? Uh, like what's your 32 and above? Once you're 32 and no, above, no, 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 no. You think no, you're living till no. 80, dog? You really think you're living till 80 after all that yeah, football I'm you played? I think, yeah, I think yeah, Nick Fairley yeah, alone I, took off. I think Nick Fairley took off at least five years of your life. I yeah, think. but my family has <laughs> long lives, especially my mom's side. They live in, they live into their 90s. So even if you take a few years off, it's still in the 80s right now. The women or the men? Plus, the women plus or the men. I take this is key here. Both, both, both. Plus, I oh, take care yeah. of myself. I take, I take my turmeric. I take my little, little probiotic shots. I so you healthy, want me to die? You never told me to take any of this stuff. I don't take turmeric yeah. or probiotic shots. What the you fuck, get dude? body work every Thursday to yeah. to work out all your little demons. So don't don't, it's actually don't tomorrow. start with yeah. Oh, it's it different Wednesday. though. What is turmeric yeah. supposed to do? 
I honestly don't know. I just I feel like I sound really cool when I say I take uh, turmeric shots every day. It's supposed yeah, to help with inflammation, yeah. I think. I think that's also that, that's I I know you're talking about gist. drinking shots, but when you take turmeric shots, I'm just like picturing you like filling up a syringe and just jabbing your ass with turmeric every day and being like, <laughs> I hope I think I'm gonna live forever, Woo! boys. Um, no, Aaron, Woo! you're a father of two in your 30s. Uh, you're middle aged. I like I don't know what else to tell you. Like once you, because like I'm really, yes, because you do it off of your no. retirement age. Retirement is sixty-five, no. right? There you go, uh, thirty-two. You're right halfway there. Look, you have a lot to look forward to. You have your Jesus year to look forward to. My Jesus year was maybe the best year of my entire life. Um, right. I was blessed with another child. Uh, we got to create this incredible show, Snaps. Um, you know, that's kind of the two highlights, but that's two more highlights than you have most yeah. years, right? Like that's, yeah. that's pretty yeah. damn good, dude. Oh, Brian Kelly got hired as the LSU coach, beat Alabama, Jesus year. Okay. That was a huge bonus. So, um, you got a lot to look forward to, like just accept being middle-aged and understand that it in no, no way means that you're not in your prime and that good things can't happen. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm fully in prime. If the XFL called today. I could strap it up, T Bob, go out there and play. Like that is that is where I am no right chance. now. So no, no, no. Yes, no I could. Chance. Easily. Who put a pull up? Who could who if XFL called Team Snaps today, <laughs> oh, who would be fair. more prepared to go out there and to play? To be fair, T we do have a Aaron. pull up right now, and this is Aaron Middle Age, and fifty three percent people say yes. Yep, yep, that's exactly. Actually, that's you know, that's that democracy. That's and also, 50, we but, have, we, but, you know, talking about great things that happened in Not Your Jesus Year, we do have our brand new email address, handsonballs53 at gmail.com. Just take your questions. Hands on, what is wait, it? wait, hands on ball 53. Like hands on balls. Okay, hands on balls 53 at gmail.com. I'm going to say I think this is entirely too convoluted of an email address, but. We will let the audience decide. So Snaps was we taken. Doing, uh, we want to start doing questions at least once a week. Um, and so the Gmail we've set up, handsonballs53 at gmail.com. Send your questions in there, and we will uh, we will uh, answer speaking, them. Speaking, speaking of balls, I found this pretty funny. So I, I had my afternoon show the other day with Pat Bradley, the shooter. And this was post-vasectomy. And he's like, hey, this is literally like the beginning of the show. And he goes, man, I saw your, I saw your, you know, your, your video on social media. Like, how, you know, did you say goodbye? Like, was it rough seeing them go? Like, he honestly thought like I was getting neutered like a dog. Wait, he, he thought they thought, like, took your, he yeah, thought you got yeah, your he, nuts cut out and dropped. taken away yeah, completely. He thought, no, he, he thought it was he like got a castrated. <laughs> well, I don't think is it. Is castrated nuts? Is that concerned? Yeah, 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 or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, a eunuch, okay, a eunuch is somebody without nuts. You still have a penis. I'm pretty sure if you okay. chop off your penis, you die. Um, don't quote <laughs> me on that. But I feel like I remembered hearing about pirates back in so, the day. I don't think so because there's the, the whole gender change. There's a whole gender change and they do nope. Well, okay, nope. you are stepping into some problematic nope. waters here. We're, gonna, okay, we're not nope. going to get into that. We're going to back up because... Changing a penis into <laughs> vagina is not just chopping off the penis. So I don't like. Okay. We are not I doing this here. We are doing literally anything else. Okay. Anyway, okay. anyway, I don't know. Uh, I thought I used to hear stories about pirates marooning soul, uh, marooning sailors, and uh, chopping off their penises, and then they couldn't pee, and they would die of pee buildup. Though now that I'm saying wow. this all out loud, this feels crazy. Um, oh. I don't know if anything I just said is true, uh, actually. But but hold on. <laughs> But let's get back to the original point here, which is Pat Bradley's uh, an insane man. Like, I know it was funny when I thought that you would just be that we would be shooting blanks, but this man literally thought that they were just straight up castrating you like a dog yeah. and that you like would a be dog. a eunuch. This you would be like a minimal eunuch. If you don't use it, you lose it level of logic from yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. Um, can you imagine if that was an outpatient procedure? Like you, you oh walk in and God. you don't even get pulled, and he's just like pulling out nutsacks in front of you. That'd be awful. Did you see anything get? <gasps> did you see a piece of Ow. meat get pulled out when you did your surgery? Here? Stop! No, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about this anymore. No, I, I, I had my eyes closed or I was looking at the ceiling. Like the only thing I saw was him just using snippers, scissors, snipping away snippers. the air. <laughs> 
hey Aaron, how about them dogs? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No, I uh I, I I always think of it like the scene in Lord of the Rings when the orc's like, meat's back on the menu, boys. And then he goes to this wide shot and you just see like a comical intestine flying through the uh, air. Uh that's what I imagine it's gonna be like. Just the dog's gonna be like Whoosh. and there's gonna be like a little stringy piece of meat, just the fajita meat fly off. Um wait, so what did Pat say when you let him know that you still have your balls? I think he was relieved. I do I do think he was oh, like, okay, like, thank oh, God. Oh, yeah. oh, woo! Woo! <laughs> So we can still stupid. be friends uh i mean he was he wasn't like messing around like he was like fully in the process of like like felt really bad for me that my nuts were gone um, uh yeah bad. yeah no exactly still there, no, like he yeah still there for how, a how nice cold not? day still yeah. there for a nice cold day to kind of you know warm the hands up Thomas there says college football podcast LL talks about balls 90% of every show. I mean, fair. If you can't, but but to be fair, like how often is it the two college football podcast hosts both get their balls cut at the exact same time? And to be fair, playing center and quarterback, um, oh. it's inherently ball related both in the fact that mm -hmm. if me and aaron would play together his knuckles would have spent hours grazing my balls and it's the, the literal the email address. Exactly. Hands on balls 53 at gmail.com. And but but, uh, but see, I we always did, we were always taught we were always taught put the hand in the, we you know Coach Rick would say the duty hole he would say get your middle knuckle and put what? your middle knuckle and he he would have the <laughs> this was the most he would have the Kinky. center bend forward <laughs> and then what? reach his hand back and point to where his butthole was no, saying this no, is where no, to put no, your knuckle no, yes. no, no you would no, like you would literally no, so no, like no. Ben Jones no. would bend over grab his hand. Go between his leg and say, "Right here is my duty hole," no, in front no. of Coach Rick and Mike Bobo, and then I'd have to get my knuckles and put my knuckles right there in his duty hole. That was where we would put our hands, because he knows where his butthole is. Now I know where it is. Snap the ball there, and we're good to go. Set hike. Have you never? What did you sharpie? Did you did you sharpie a little brown eye on his butthole so you knew when you had the silver pants on during the game? Kind of got used to the spot. Um, no, that is the most sus thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, well, there's just something, there's something incredibly sexual to me about me reaching between my legs to point out my own butthole. Like, like it doesn't feel <laughs> athletic at all. It feels like something that should be reserved for the bedroom. That's, um, yeah. And then you would just knuckle up in there like a, like a spaceship just, docking. You just, wow. I don't, yeah. dude. I don't. I mean, you'll have to show me when you get. We didn't have many fumbles. Game. Yeah, I'll see you in a few weeks. We'll try it out. I never. Uh, well, I had definitely no fumbles, a TikTok so video. Uh, knuckleball. I agree. Yeah, it gives a whole new meaning to knuckleball, doesn't it, Clint? Uh, that does make a lot more sense, though, Aaron. On some of your other stories that you've told us about, what you may or may not enjoy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've been. I, I guess you've been practicing for for a while. You could say. <laughs> Uh, all right, so coming up on today's show, we got the four biggest challengers to Georgia football. We got Hugh Freeze with an interesting proposal on what to do with uh, spring games. We have, um, hey, guess what, guys? I made a Nebraska topic and didn't tell y'all, so suck it. Uh, Matt Rule continuing <laughs> to heal the wounds of the past of Nebraska. Uh, and then if we have time at the end, I've got a Nick Saban compliment that I'm not sure if it's a compliment or not. Uh, Jalen Carter decision. Uh, Jim Nance swan song and the Natty last night. Uh, last one, though, get your, get your guesses in right now. Did last night's men's national championship beat the women's national championship on Sunday viewership-wise? 9.9 milli watched nope. the the women's national nope. championship on sunday what do you think Brum? you're kind of the most informed opinion among this group i thought i saw an early number so i will abstain from the game well okay no that's fine i'm already i'm already on record as i think the women are going to barely edge them out what's the male number let me confirm and i'll get back to you okay cool oh. Uh, all right, let's start with uh, Hugh Freeze, Aaron. As Hugh Freeze yeah. uh, is out there and he's like, ah, you know, we got A Day coming up and it's tough because they want to put on a good show for the fans. But, like, I don't want to show anything. And basically, Hugh Freeze doesn't like the idea of traditional spring games, right? He says it's, um, 
you know, it, you can't really do what you want to do because you're in such a public eye that you're still trying to kind of hide things. So it's kind of a waste of time because you're scrimmage against yourself. Um, injury risk is doubled. And his solution <laughs> is to uh, let, let's play some exhibition games, like, like a true exhibition game, like get a small school from in-state, be it a Troy, uh, a, a USA, somebody like that. Let's let's square up. Uh, I'm sure like the regular season, you would probably pay that school to come. Probably wouldn't cost as much as a regular season game. Yeah. Hugh talked about using the gate and any money made from the stadium to go to a charitable cause, which is obviously a great idea. And there's something at first, where, well, I, okay, on the whole, I could kind of leave it or take it, but if you did want to do something from the fans, this is more interesting to me from fan perspective. The only thing, though, Aaron, is I don't understand if, if, if one of his core issues is, well, it's televised, so I can't do what I want. If you scrimmage another team, it's still going to be televised. And aren't you yes. still not going to be able to do what you want? And in, 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 in the injury thing, too, does it make sense? Like, oh, if we have an A-day... You know, there's going to be all these mass injuries, but if we scrimmage another team, the injuries go down dramatically. I think he said like fifty percent. Like, wait, what? Why, well, he, why he's he's just sense? he's just saying he's just saying because, um, in an inner squad, your players are one hundred percent of the players on the field. If you're playing another team, your players are fifty percent of the people on the field. So he's just saying having twenty two yeah, players versus eleven players out there. I, I still think there's more of a case when you can't control the variables as well. You know, he, he brought into the sense of, um, you know, the NFL does it. And the NFL has all these scrimmages, you know, against team versus team where a team will travel to someone for a week. They'll practice. They'll end up playing the game against each other afterwards. And what do you see, like, I don't know, six, seven times out of ten, the two teams end up fighting. And these are grown-ass men mm. getting paid millions of dollars. And we always see it on SportsCenter, someone's throwing hands. The, the problem with a scrimmage, you never know how hard you can go. So when you don't know how hard you can yeah, go, it's because you, you, then all of a sudden, that's to me, that's when injuries do kind of happen a little bit, and that's when fights occur. Because all of a sudden, you got little old Troy coming in to play Auburn, and they're kind of saying like, hey, that transport portal thing's real, and that thing opens up next week. I would mm. love for this to be kind of my showcase game mm -hmm. to Auburn and Hugh Freeze. Let me go out there and ball out. So I'm going balls to the wall tackling, running full speed, trying to moss dudes, all this shit. And someone gets hurt. Someone gets disrespected because I'm an Auburn guy. And I'm kind of like, like, I just don't want to get hurt. It's April. Like, I'm not trying to get hurt. I'm trying to play, no. get the hell, hell out no. of here and get the break. And all of a sudden, this kid from Troy is trying to show out to earn a scholarship here at Auburn. I'm not going to get disrespected in front of my fans either. Then all of a sudden, issues happen. I just, I, I don't like any of it. The controlled scrimmage, you dictate how you want it to be done. You dictate contact, no contact. You get your young guys in there, get them some some experience in front of the fans. You really don't need to see the veteran guys too much. To me, the day is a celebration. It's an opportunity for the fans to get back in the stadium. It's an yep. opportunity for them to be on campus. It's to kind of get a, a small taste of what's going to happen in the fall. And for the players, like it's, it's getting it out. Get, get in, get out. It's a celebration. That's the end of spring ball. You, you go out that night, you party hard, you get ready for May mess where you get to go home and kind of have a break. And then it's back to the summer grind after that. That's it. Doesn't need to be any more than that. I just think you run into so many issues where it is just so hard to judge how hard you go. And someone's going to try to be a superhero and then some stupid shit's going to happen. Well, okay, and, and those are all very, very good points. And even now, it's like, so I, I think, hmm, what I loved what you were getting at the end there, which is if you really want to do something for the fans, it could be competitive and could be fun. Um, I think your focus just has to be on the young guys because make no mistake, Hugh Freeze is not wrong when he calls the spring game a wasted day. It's not to say that you can't learn things. Like even in my own playing experience, I remember – like the last week up to the spring game, I had some really bad practices, but in the spring game itself, it was a bit more of a, it was when I was trying to win my first starting job, right? It was a bit more dumbed down because there was like no blitz, you know, it was like base defenses, mm -hmm. base offensive plays. And I played really well and that helped my case somewhat, but also like it wasn't fully representative of what was going on because the defense wasn't really trying to stress you mentally or anything else like that. So like, look, if you're talking about the actual spring game itself, 
while you can go get some info, it's never representative of the full playbook. It doesn't decide who wins jobs. Um, you never really learn anything important. So in my mind, do all the important work in the practices when you have to, and then have a uh, a young guy game. Now, yeah. now, granted, I think I think it's probably impossible for a team to field uh, two full teams all of reserves, right? Without incurring some risks that maybe they don't want to, but maybe you can, right? But or or, or maybe this is where you start to hybrid the ideas and you take you freeze idea. Okay, let's play a smaller school only. We're only going to play young guys guys who are not going to be starters and you give them a simple playbook to work with um in a way it could be more exciting for the fans because you get your eyes on players that you would never really get your eyes on otherwise and can you imagine the amount of conclusions that would be drawn from some spring game heroes right some like young freshman running back or wide receiver who looks great out there maybe goes on to do nothing but like i don't know that i need to see jalen carter making a play during a spring game to get me any more excited about jalen carter no, but I want to play the spring game though. Like I want to play. Like I like I want to go out there. Like you work for fourteen practices. I'm just I'm just going back in my mind of like what G Day for me was like, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I didn't play a ton. I probably played a half total, but it was still cool. Like that was what you work towards. Is like we grind through spring. You know, we kind of grind it through mat drills and, and off season workouts. Then you you know spring break. Then you start spring practice. Three practices a week. And then the culmination of it is is G Day. Like that's what you work for. And the fans are there. You know, depends on how big of a deal it is. Georgia, we'd have 50, 60,000 people there. Like, I want to go out there and play some football. Like, I don't want to sit my ass on the bench and miss an opportunity to have a little bit of fun. Like, we play in practice to go enjoy the game that we love. And that is a, yeah. a, a somewhat of a game situation. The uniforms on, you got the red jerseys and the white jerseys you for Georgia. Dude, the you, didn't, white. you didn't still love it when you I were would, an upperclassman. There's no way. I did. Love I remember it. as a it's young guy, football. as a young guy, I was hyped. As a senior, I was like, "Let's get out of here." Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. See that? That's such a salient point. You are getting the quarterback perspective. He literally has uh, zero contact, it. y'all. He steps out there. He you might as well like be playing seven through. on seven. We are getting after it, dude. Where I mean, it's like you said, you got young guys who are all hyped up to be playing in front of like. 15,000 people and granted you can kick their ass, but like, you're still having to play, you know, you're still getting concussions. Potentially you're still going head to head, climbing to the second level. You're back there sitting in the pocket, just throwing the ball. Oh, did I get tagged? Oh, okay. I guess it's a sack then. Uh, get the hell out of here. You cannot trust a quarterback's perspective. So you don't, on so this. You don't love playing football. You don't love playing football. You love what you love what football gives. You don't actually enjoy playing the game of football. That, that's that's go. what I'm getting here from this. I, it's an opportunity no, to put the no, pads no. on, I play like some football in front of the, the home game. fans. I want to go I like out there the and play. Yes, you got me fucked up if you think my senior year I wanted to be on the field. And I'll never forget it. Uh, we ended up going on like some 20 play drives or something. So basically the defense was clowning us because the starting defense literally played like six plays the entire second half of the game. We're out here fucking, I don't know, like 40 or something, just sweating our ass off in Louisiana heat. Run no. inside and toss. Yeah, yeah, just running power because yeah. we can't run any just power, power, power and horn power, boss power, constantly. Power. No, like, no, I did not think the spring game was particularly fun. As a young guy, I had adrenaline coursing through my body. I remember it was a night, I, one of the most excited I've ever been. So that's why I think spring, mm -hmm. the actual game itself, could be, if, if, I guess it's only if you're trying to create a competitive game, uh, could be very interesting if you just featured young on young and maybe even make it fun and you let the upperclassmen coach some positions and stuff, right? You, you get to throw the hat on, you feel like, you know, I mean, it's it's we used to do this. They got rid of it, but at the beginning of my college, we used to do this, I think the bye week, We'd called it the toilet bowl, yep. and it would be like the scout teams basically going toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with the old guys coaching, and I always thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, but no, I don't love spring football. I love playing in games. That's that's the crazy part about football. Nobody likes practice, okay? Some of the freaks do. Quarterbacks tend to like it more than most because, again, practice is easy for all. fuel, though. Like, yeah, we did kind treat of, it not like by the time you've been, No, but not by the time that you know this. Not by the time that you've been in the actual battles. Pre-starting mm. in the SEC, yes. It was a little in the SEC, no. It was. A, I agree. No one loves practice, but this was the closest thing of a game-like atmosphere that you're going to get. Once again, this is like a little 
funneling of the cojones, a little teaser here to kind of get you excited as a player. Like I'm back in Sanford. I'm back in Tiger Stadium. I'm back in this stadium or that Jordan Air and, and I'm in front of my fans and I get to go out there and, and, and put the pads on and, and play some ball. Like it was See, it's fun. T Bob just I, hates I, football, guys. It's no, no, I used to Dude, I used to like going it. to do closed scrimmages in Tiger Stadium for that reason to get in the stadium. Um no, bro, uh, you're you're you are no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't get mad at you because it simply is your pampered quarterback perspective, right? It's, it's, and trust me, I had a silver spoon upbringing. So I understand it, right? I, I can, you know, when I see it, I can see it. And it's, it's just what Thomas Dare says right here. Um, you know, Aaron just walks up, throws a couple's dimes, and goes and smiles at the yeah. cheerleaders. Like, like that's like help. that's the spring game for a quarterback. Yeah. Whereas the O line is sitting there, like, God, I head hurts so bad. I need some pain off. I broke my leg in a spring scrimmage one time. Do you know how annoying that was? Is the closest yeah. I've ever come to wanting to quit. So, so why? So why do we want to? Why do we want to mess around trying to play another team? No good would happen from it. Um, you could still make the young guys the play. Money young guy go. Young guy, go. I mean, that's the only Make way I would do it. I, I, that's the only way I would do it. But you know, these coaches still want to get some of the, you know. But 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 the, you're you're acting like this is a completed roster, like the NFL, where you know who your 22 starters are going to be. Like, there's still a lot of position battles where the coaches kind of want to see how does this young kid act. You know, say a, a red shirt guy or a guy that played a little yeah. bit more in special teams year before. How do they act in in this sort of environment? Yes, it's not well, a game day, clear. but it's as close as we can get it to. Like I want to see him play. So like, yeah, you may bench, you know, ten guys, ten returning starters, but majority. You want to see those battles. You want to see how guys react and play. So you're right, and I guess I should point that out in this theoretical thing I'm setting up in my head. It is really only the elite few that are getting excused from playing yes. at all. So I see what you're saying. Then you're getting into a problematic line of like, where do you draw the line? Does somebody get mad because this guy you didn't have to play, but you have to play? Like, it's everything's going to come with problems. That's why these coaches get paid nine to ten million dollars to figure out yeah, fair. problems like who's <laughs> playing in the spring game. <laughs> spring games are stupid, dude. No, no, uh, they have to worry about transfer portal brum and talking to sixteen year old kids and yeah. nil and all the other BS that goes with being the coach. Yeah, the uh, spring ball is the last thing on their mind. Last thing on their mind. If you grew, you know up what, in- you know what, during the entire spring game, they're probably out there, you know, trying to make sure they go shake hands with every recruit that's on campus that day. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and so look, I, I, I do, I, I don't want to be full curmudgeon. Like I feel you. It's a good event for the fans. It's exciting for young players. You can have recruits there, which is always solid. So there is value there. I just don't know what form it takes on the field because like just from a viewer standpoint i don't give a damn about the spring game honestly i lie about watching the spring game every year uh i get on my show and you act better like be i watched because i got well i got i got yeah two, I, I just got I, I just got two games i got arkansas spring game next weekend uh and then i got lsu spring game the following weekend so back to back i kind of like it this whole look you know moving to espn it's like I get a little, uh, you know, mid mid off season work to kind of yeah. uh, knock some of the rust off. Yeah, yeah flex the old muscles a little bit. Well, yeah. hell yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Go get beat T Bob's ass and some golf on Thursday. Yeah, get in early Thursday. So we Dude, can play I was golf. smacking it today. <sighs> J Lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech.
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I bet you were now that that week's finally up. Um, four teams that could challenge the Georgia hey. Bulldogs. Um, what the fuck? Georgia won the national championship 65 to 7. Is that right? I yeah. read that and I was like, hold on, what? I thought it was like 48 to 20. I thought it was like 48, 14 or something. I did not remember 65 to seven. Yeah. Um, Just asshole. College football. College football's in trouble. So like I went to read this piece and that immediately set the tone as we will get into these four teams and who actually feels like they're close. Uh, NSIF in the chat says USC, 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 and uh, USC. Hell yeah. Petit Trojan boys coming for you. Um Oh man, we had on. We had a new person. Oh, Daniel Lee says finally get to catch an episode live. Wife told me to stop working for a bit due to a baby on the way. We're moving to a new house. Perks of marrying a doctor. Get a break from working and live snaps. Hell yeah, Daniel. Way to go. Nice. Uh, Nabbing a doctor and way to go watching snaps live. Um, so as we as we get into this conversation about who the four teams will be, Aaron, there's a Brian Kelly quote that I want to read where he kind of sets the tone. Because, um, of course, LSU scored 30 against UGA. I guess they had some modicum of offensive success. Brian Kelly says, quote, We scored enough points, but we couldn't match up physically yet. You look at other teams. Obviously, Ohio State had enough of that to take them right down to the wire. Teams are building towards that model that Kirby's put together. And he watched Nick do it, making a major pivot towards scoring more points and being more productive offensively all the while, they still had to have that physicality. If you have a flaw in one of those areas uh, where you're not physical enough on the offensive line or the defensive line and you can't be explosive, then you cannot beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, as I read that, maybe that felt obvious to some of you. And maybe I'm an idiot for not thinking about it in such just very clear and distinct terms. But this did kind of fascinate me, right? I never thought about the fact that Alabama, Georgia, what they're really doing, um, they haven't abandoned the old philosophies for the new age. All they've done Mm. is uh, marry the two. And it's exactly right. And it's the hardest thing to achieve from a roster building standpoint because 
you just have to get the best players. Like you cannot purely scheme physicality or, or you cannot, you can create schemes that lean on physicality. You can create schemes that lean on explosivity. I don't think you can just scheme up both without just having the best talent, right? And that's exactly yeah. what Alabama did for years and what Georgia has done now. And it's like, okay, so they have all the explosivity of a Tennessee, but then they still have the old school line dominance of what you think about when you think about teams dominated around like the 2010s, 2013s. And it's 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 a little intimidating when viewed from that perspective, Aaron, because again, recruiting is the only way to close that gap, in yep. my opinion. Yep. And nobody is recruiting at the level that Georgia is right now. Is well, explosivity the right word, or is it explosiveness? Which which one is um, it? Probably, I like how explosivity sounds more, but I don't it's, know if that's it a... It sounds good, uh, though, but like, I feel like I, I, the offense needed more explosive, needed to be more explosive. Uh, this is the state. This is explosivity now. Explosivity sounds a little less milesy. It's it is. I think it is. A lot of this, you know, you you Google it. I'm not seeing a um, I'm not seeing a Merriam-Webster. I'm getting a Wiktionary, which is like a Wikipedia dictionary. Um, Word Nick, your dictionary. No, so explosivity is uh, a little made up, but but you you get the point. You get the point. It did sound good, though. I will say it did sound. It's good. a great word. You I, should use it. It is. I, yeah. All right. Listen. You did say though, like you have to have everything to to take down. I mean, let's let's go to what is what has given Georgia the biggest issues the past two years, and and these to me these are the the, the two, I would say the two core foundations to to beat them. If you if you have this, you'll have a chance. Can you get after the quarterback? One, you know what they did to Alabama did a couple of years ago, and two, do you have an elite quarterback and at least one the two preferably two. I would say top tier receivers. Alabama had that two years ago in the SEC championship game, won that, probably would have won the national championship if they stayed healthy. Ohio State had the same thing last year where it was a, a missed goal, field goal away from winning that football game. But what did they have? They had the top receiver in the country and they had the top quarterback in the country. And you can make the argument if, if Jackson Smith and Jigba decide to play in that game and they had the second elite receiver probably would have won that game and honestly may have won the game if 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 Marvin Harrison Jr didn't get knocked out of the game either. Yeah, so yeah. Th that's the formula. Like can you can you make them one dimensional on offense? Can you get after the quarterback and and do you have an elite quarterback with a couple of elite receivers on the outside to, to <laughs> give them fit because DBs so are do good. Do you have everything? DBs. Do you have everything that every football team ever wants? <laughs> like, like, but we've seen it though. We, yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah, it. for sure. Like Alabama had it two years ago and Ohio State was pretty right there to have it last year. And they, Ohio State really didn't have the defensive piece, but they did have the offensive piece. I think more than anything, do you have, do you have the explosiveness on the outside and do you have multiple of them? It's not – you can scheme up one receiver. Can you scheme up two? In these offenses nowadays where you move guys around, it's hard to slow down two elite guys. So it's yeah. rare. I will say like it, you don't see it all the time, but Ohio State has proven that they could put together an elite quarterback and elite receivers. Alabama has proven they could put together an elite quarterback and elite receivers. I think LSU is a spot that can put together an elite quarterback and elite receivers. They've proven it. Yeah, yeah, that's Joe the Burrow type of through. that's the type of team. I mean, Joe Burrow and them kicked their ass a few years ago. That's the type of team you need to beat uh, because Georgia is still a little bit more traditional. I think they will evolve on offense a little bit this year, but I still think Kirby is is more of a ground and pound physicality wins type of team. Where I do think those teams are a little bit more finesse that have that aerial attack can give them troubles at times. No, Georgia is like Ohio State and Michigan combined into one. Um, yeah. And that's what makes them so scary is that – and that's what Brian Kelly's getting at there. He's like, you know, we actually kind of had the explosive part of it down, but we could not hang on the line. Like that's essentially what Brian Kelly is telling you there. And that's always going to be the toughest place to keep up with Alabama and yeah. UGA, even though I still don't know what's been up with Alabama's offensive line the last couple of years. Like, there's I no excuse that. for as many mistakes or as many negative plays. No. They have too many highly ranked recruits. Like, that group has been probably one of the more disappointing position groups in the entire country. So, the four teams listed in the article by Heather Dinich, great piece. You should go check it out. Alabama, 
of course, look, Nick Saban's four and one against Kirby. Um, duh, it's Alabama. Like, who had the number one recruiting class this year? The only school close to UGA talent wise. Neither team has a quarterback. Um, I, I, I think UGA is better for whatever it's worth. But like, if we're talking about who could upset Georgia, like, absolutely, Alabama belongs on this list. Uh, LSU is on this list. Brian yep. Kelly's now 0-3 against Kirby. A couple close-run things back in the day, right? Wasn't there a great Notre Dame-Georgia game in Samford a few years ago at night yep. uh, that I believe I was, was very close? Game. I think that was Fromm's freshman year. Or is his second year? I don't remember. I don't know how close it was, uh, though. Winsipedia, for anybody listening, Winsipedia – you look up um, two teams. You go to their Winsipedia, and it has a uh, it's a great graphic that tells you like what the games have been. Okay, in twenty seventeen in South Bend, Georgia won twenty to nineteen, and okay. then in mm-hmm. Athens in twenty nineteen, Georgia won twenty three seventeen. So they had a couple battles. And then, yeah. of course, 50-30 to 30 in last year's SEC championship. The only thing I'll say about LSU is, um, from that pure talent perspective, uh, they're just not at the level that Alabama or uh, Georgia are on a on a top-to-bottom roster basis. Starting, we'll I see. I think their right? starters really are better than Alabama line. right now, though. I think, yeah, I, think yeah, I mean, starting, I could, I could yeah. entertain that argument. I, if we're saying who, who of those two teams – of all of these teams, honestly, I still think LSU is the team that could beat Georgia next year. Who who is good enough to beat Georgia? I would say it's LSU. They got the quarterback, they got the receivers, they got the running game, they got the offensive line. You got Mason. You got you got returners at all three levels. You get Mason back at defensive tackle, who was a freaking yeah, stud. Yeah, going to be huge. You got you got Harold Perkins at linebacker. Like that that is maybe one of the more complete rosters in America. Like I I love yeah. LSU next year. It's not just because you're my co-host, I'm blowing you up, and it's not because I have their spring game in a couple of weeks. Of all the teams in this list, they have less question marks. LSU right now has less question marks heading into next season as as T-Bob shows off his beautiful uh, purple and – is it yellow or finish, gold? Well, finish that thought. Purple and gold is, it is what gold? we say, but it is, it it purple, is purple and, and yellow. Uh, yeah. Finish that thought, um, though. Were you going to say LSU has less question marks than what? Yeah, LSU has less question marks to me than every other team heading into next season. So I just have more oh. confidence. Maybe they're not more talented. We'll find out. Well, I mean, Ohio State, we have to see what the quarterback looks like. Alabama, we have to find out what a lot of positions look like. Um, I know what LSU is going to look like. And I think it's pretty darn scary. And I and I trust um, and I trust their head coach. So go Tigers. Uh, Andy J in the chat uh, says, I think South Carolina is a sneaky candidate because everyone's focused on Tennessee in the East, but it's always a team that you don't take seriously. I mean, look, let's be clear. UJ did almost get got by Mizzou. Okay, so I don't think it's out of pocket to think about about South Carolina stealing one. Um, The only problem is I think this article is more talking about who could like beat them for a championship, right? Like I could see yep. maybe Georgia slipping up somewhere, but like, can you beat them in Atlanta? Because I don't can think you, like even you know, beat, South Carolina got Georgia their best. If Georgia yes, played yeah. a B plus A minus game, could you still hang with them? And yeah, and I think that's more this list. Yeah, and yeah. that's Alabama. Yeah, that's yeah. LSU. I do still think that's Tennessee, though. It's a big prove it year mm. for Tennessee and Heupel yeah. next year. How much of it was Hinton Hooker? I know. Um, I know you're a big. Uh, I just don't think I know the offense is the offense isn't produced. I mean, Heupel's offense has not produced in two years for Georgia. I mean, there's something that Kirby yeah. right now just just hasn't done. You know, last year only thirteen. Well, Georgia's points. just way better on a man-to-man basis. Oh, they are. Then the year before, what they score seventeen points. They've yet to put twenty points up in in the two in the past two years with with Heupel. So. Um, Kirby's got that 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 whole attack kind of locked down. So I need I it is a prove it year. Uh, I think Joe's a stud. Joe Milton, you know they they their team to like LSU. I don't think they're as talented at the starting position as LSU, but just like LSU, there's there's a depth issue that needs to be built. And with depth creates competition. Yeah. And as we know, great competition practice. That's what makes Georgia so good. That's what makes Alabama so good. It's 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 what they do competition wise during the week. Those starters are being pushed day in and day out. Georgia's twenty mid year guys. 
four and five star guys. You don't think they're just fucking foaming at the mouth right now to be a starter on this football team, pushing yeah. every upperclassman to be better. There is a sense of urgency at all times at Georgia. There is a sense of urgency at all times at Alabama. At Not Tennessee, LSU, you get kind of comfortable. You know you're better than the backup. There, you need oh, depth, okay. you need competition. Yes. Uh, the only thing I will say is that you better beware, Aaron. Um, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. And far too often we see these championship programs start to bend over in the same way they used to knuckle Ben Jones' asshole. They start sniffing mm -hmm. their own farts, okay? And uh, what do I always say? Wooden clogs on the way up, silk slippers on the way down. I wonder, can Georgia keep their eat-off-the-floor attitude as all the players make more money, all of them get more and more used to winning, used to being the big dog? Um, it's a classic biggie situation. Mo money, mo problems. Now, Kirby Smart has handled it impeccably thus far. Can he continue to handle it on a year-in-year You know year what he's telling them right now? You know what he's telling them right now? He's telling no. them that, that, that everyone is saying in the media that they're an A and five team next year. Yeah. Goes, yeah, but yeah. you know what happens? But what happens when they don't believe it anymore? Right? Like like this last year, he like somehow mind yeah, he somehow, somehow mind ninjaed them. But what happens when your coach tries to sell you that and you're like, um, no, we are all five stars. <laughs> like we like we are far better than all the other like, we, we, we we know we're good. Uh so, so yeah, what, what happens Georgia, when he's like, have what, you seen, have you, you, know, you seen you know, our schedule coach? <laughs> you, you know, what gave Georgia an edge last year? It starts, and this is QB one privilege here. It starts with the quarterback. Does your quarterback who sets the tempo for the team? What is his edge? Stetson had this mega edge to him. We all know he did that, that pissed off at the world mentality. We've seen it. We saw it at the parade, all that. Like it's me against the world. You guys don't want me. I don't care. I'm going to prove you wrong. Like that was Stetson. Yes. And, and everyone on the team kind of bought it along with Kirby, who kind of had his message, but everyone bought into that. You feed off your quarterback. The thing that I like about right now is you have a, a, a guy that has waited his turn, a guy that is hungry as hell uh, and, and, and ready to take over that doesn't want to squander his opportunity. He's been waiting for three years for this chance. Now it's his, and, and he's ready to go. It's not like you got some fifth-year or fourth-year senior returning that everyone loves. That's kind of going through the motions. The quarterback sets the tempo. Carson's ready to go. I think he dictates that speed in practice, and that's why I don't feel like you're going to see much of a let-up. Well, he better be good. Well, you're not going to see a let-up, again, statistically, because they don't play anybody. But he better be good uh, because if he's not as good, he's not going to inspire that same confidence out of no. the team. Um, if, if Look, if Georgia does lose to Tennessee next year, then they got major problems because that's the only true test that they have all year long. That'll feel very much like an exposure of next year's Georgia. And then the last team on the list has to be Ohio State, right? Uh, Ryan Day's 0-1 against Kirby. To me, he is the third member of the talent triumvirate. There are three programs on a different level from a pure recruiting talent standpoint, and it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and it's Ohio State. So like Alabama, or like UGA, Ohio State, excuse me, like Alabama, Ohio State is the team that can hang with UGA on a player-to-player -player basis. You saw it last year. Um, I think for me with Ohio State, the question is, the same way that back in 2021, Kirby Smart found the few final tweaks that he had to make mm -hmm. to the formula to get across the finish line. I think that's the point that Ryan Day is at right now. And I remember loving Kirby Smart's press conferences coming out of the pandemic year where he, you know, he's talking about exit interviews that they did, how the team didn't feel close. And so their theme that offseason was like, okay, we're going to actually move back on the practice field. We're going to take away some of the work. We're going to add in more bonding. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it created. It, it, whatever it was the final tweaks to the alchemical mixture that then made them a national champion i don't know what those are for ryan day how could i but the question is whether or not ryan day can figure out what those are he's there i i still like michigan more i mean i would put mm -hmm. michigan in there as the team over ohio over state, ohio state. To, to, overall i guess this is where i'm torn Ohio State's a better matchup to beat Georgia, but I don't think they're going to get the opportunity to do that because I think Michigan. No way Michigan them gets them three years in a row, dude. There's no yes, way Michigan. They got them at the big house. 
They got the returners. They got the, the, the one of the front runners to win the Heisman at running back. You know they're going to be great at offensive line. You got J.J. back, who improved throughout last season. You know they're going to be good on defense. Like, what is there not to like about Michigan next year? Michigan, to me, is is one of the two teams besides you know them and Georgia that I feel the most confident with getting to the playoffs. So while Ohio State is a has is more likely to beat Georgia, unless we get a season like last year. I don't know if they're going to get that opportunity. So that's kind of where I'm torn right now. I think Michigan would, would be the one trying to slay that, that dragon at the end of the day. Um, but they're just not a good matchup for Georgia. They're just not. They're, no, they're, yeah. What no. they want to do is exactly what Georgia is, and Georgia's just deeper and better than them at it. you you got to hey. be a little bit different. Yeah, because you're right. They are trying to achieve some of the uh, a mixture of explosivity and finesse that is more akin to Georgia than maybe even Alabama. Like Alabama is even a bit more finesse than is uh, Georgia. And it feels like if you're going to overcome Georgia, but you're not going to be as talented, that thumb on the scale for finesse. You really think sure. Ohio State's going to beat Michigan next year with with everything? No, Michigan I mean, I don't know. Now that it just, I, I, it's almost okay. just like the mathematical fact of like, trying to beat a good team three times in a row. But now that we yeah. talked it out, no, I think you're 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 probably, you know, I, I mean Ohio I think State beat the right. living crap out of Ohio State for a decade plus. So like uh yeah. It's possible true. that rivalry to go on some pretty big runs. No, trust me. I mean I saw it, you know, with LSU and Alabama. Uh, then again it was Les Miles versus Nick Saban. I think Harbaugh Ryan Day is a little bit of a different beast. Um yeah. hey, you know how uh ESPN used to do cold hard facts? Well I got mm. some corn cob facts for you aaron murray that's right nebraska i got massive news out in nebraska nebraska is honoring frank solich at the spring game nice awesome it's gonna help them win more games next year massive wow. news the massive news Juice. massive news the reason wow. being frank Please solich share is the reason why Nebraska has been bad for two decades now. Because they fired Frank not realizing that they were cursing themselves. So Frank Solich is a Nebraska guy through and through. Okay, He was a fullback there in the 60s, assistant to Tom Osborne for two decades. He won 75% of his games before being fired. He was 58-19 in his six seasons as a head coach, right? Um, now, Osborne retired at the peak. They had won three or four natties. Then comes in Solich. First year, they win the Big 12. They finished number two in the country. Um, two years later, they played for a BCS title game. But then in 2002, it went wrong fast. They finished 2 7 and 7. Now, he loses a couple games early on in 2003. All of a sudden, bam! First year AD Steve Peterson fires Frank Solich after just one and a half bad years. And the 2003 year in which he got fired, the team actually finished the season 10 and three. Now you can say he was 16 and 12 over the final 28 games. Sure. But first year AD Steve Peterson fires him saying, quote, I refuse to let the program gravitate into mediocrity. So here they have a Husker through and through that was leading them to winning football, played for a national championship, even a couple of years after, Osborne retires, and they fire him after one bad year. No rope allowed. And what has happened? They haven't gravitated towards mediocrity. They have rushed headlong into it. Mm -hmm. Now, this is and this is where it gets crazy. That seven and seven uh -oh. year was the wow. first time since 1968 they had failed to win at least nine games. So we're talking for nearly 30 years, nine games every year since they fired Frank Solich. They've won nine games, just nine times in the 20 years. They haven't even had a winning season in the past six. So the same way that if you're watching Mandalorian right now, Dave Filoni mm. is healing the Star Wars fan base, right? He's bringing in elements from the animated show, from the video games. He made the prequels better with Clone Wars. He's brought all these disparate groups together in that same way. If you want to heal the future, you first have to suture the wounds of the past, okay? That's what Matt Rule is doing, wow. bringing Frank Solich to the spring game. Matt Rule is about to lead a revolution in Nebraska unlike anything you have ever seen, Aaron Murray. That, that is a pro... You want to talk about a sleeping giant? You know That's a sleeping giant. You know what you should do, T-Bob? You that? should take that, pair it with some Mandalorian, put yep. it in chat, chat GPT, and it would yep. spit out a hell of an article that I think would be fucking awesome. That's what hey, we should dude. do right now. Look, what Matt you just Rule, talked about was inspiring. I'm just like, you're like, 
you put all that together, chat GPT, go go make an article based on Mandalorian and, and all this and this and this. bam. Let's go. Snaps <laughs> uh, articles. Snaps exactly. snapicles. Snapicles. T Bob, how high did you get one night to decide you're gonna be this passionate about Nebraska? Look, I just look, I'm like, I'm mm. like uh, I'm like a stock investor, okay? I just look for value and I see huge value in Nebraska right now because there's haters like Aaron who will tell you ridiculous things like watch the tape, okay? What I'm saying is watch the narrative and I can see the storylines before they play out and I just know that Nebraska is about to finally awaken from its slumber like a dragon of old and Caligon the Black is coming back for revenge and it's with the alpha male Matt Rule at the head of the Cobb Army. Let's go. T-Cobb's back, baby. T-Cobb is back. I can't wait to watch him win four games next year. It's going to be exciting stuff. Matt Rule, year one, does not blow your blouse up. No, 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 but he has to now. It's not allowed anymore. He has to at least be bowl eligible next year. He has to. We we talked about it yesterday. Because Kim Mulkey showed you in in the transfer quarter NIL. Year two for her. Good. It was your you get, for her. No, but look at what she did year one. She she brought them to second in the SEC. They were two seed in the tournament. They were awesome still in year one. I'm just saying he has a little bit easier. Basketball is easier to 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 transform a, pro, a program. You just need two players, and all of a sudden you're a contender. Football's yes. a little bit more difficult, T Bob. Strong um, league first weekly. I think so. I always was a coach's three years to prove it because in three years you could you know you you traditionally you take a freshman that freshman class, and then by their third year, we'll see what they look like. Now with the portal, I, 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 don't think it's, I don't think it's one year. I think it's two. I think you just shave off a year. You get two years to show pretty, pretty massive improvement, and then your third year is like you know, you're on the hot seat already. Like Everything got locked up a year. Yeah. No, look, I, yeah. I, um, three years has always been kind of the year one. He, he yeah, has to be bowl eligible. No, but he has to be bowl eligible. There's no excuse. I feel you. It gets bumped up to year two, but they still, I mean, what were they last year? Four and eight, I believe, off the top of my head. They have to be six and six. That's not a high bar. That's not a crazy bar. I'm sorry. There's not that many good teams in the Big Ten. Like, if you're paying Matt Rule, Aaron, there's no way you can pay Matt Rule $10 million and not expect him to win at least six games. Um, Make it happen. What is the Nebraska over under on wins right now? It's possible. Uh, this gets, I mean, that conference does suck. My God. Thank you. That's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, 66, baby. Let's conference. go. I do not see him listed, but we also have to go. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I gotta what? go. I gotta then, go do Easter basket. I gotta go do Easter econ at Maddox's school. So let's go. About to uh, kick some kids over so Maddox gets plenty of candy for tonight. Hell yeah! Pew pew all over those little kids, dude. Also, huh. You oh I forgot yeah. to say this earlier in the show you would definitely be better in the XFL because again you're playing quarterback it's the hardest but easiest position in football it's the hardest the position hardest but the easiest and you understand what I'm saying yes it is the hardest you I just agree have to get in the way of someone the, you literally just easiest. have to snap a ball and get in the way yeah it's physically demanding unlike playing quarterback you just what you, you play just center do this. Like you're playing. It's not like you unless you got like a zero technique, own. unless you got a zero technique, it's not like you're ever like manning someone up. You always got like another hand or, you know, two hands on them too. So don't act like you're like having to get like Vince Wilfork, 375 pounds, you know, as a, as a, as a zero on your face. Well, what about like, when you fucking do get Vince Wilfork? Yeah. That's that what sucks because you're right. Because yeah, you're that, not that used to it. <laughs> that ain't happening in the XFL. Oh, that's true. That's so, true. I used to hate a zero nose. I'm like, man, can I? Do- Come on, man. I'm trying to combo block. I'm trying to get to the next level. Now all of a sudden, yep. I got to deal with this freaking 700 pound nose Badass. guard in front of me. He's like five ten. Mm. Can't move him for mm. shit. Oh man. Uh, all right. Well, hey, look, we love y'all. Shout out the volume. YouTube.com/slash volume. Thank you to Papa Colin for having us here every single day. Hit the like button. Uh, please review. Okay, I'm going to give you two ways of asking Snaps questions. Um, first way is by emailing handsonballs53 at gmail.com. Second way is by leaving a review on the Apple Store or Spotify Store with a question. And uh, we can get to that to help please the algorithmic gods that rule our existence. Uh, We love you, and we will see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Snaps. Snaps.
I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 